This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In today's edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Ryan and Pastor Josh unpack the Resurrection Easter Sunday message from April 12th, 2020. You may be listening and you've had a label on your life, on yourself for a long time. Well, today, Pastor Ryan and Josh will unpack where these labels come from, how they can be helpful at times, and how they can hurt us. Well, with more, here's Ryan and Josh. Good morning. I'm Josh Harima, one of the pastors at Radiant Life Church, back with episode two of our Radiant Reflections podcast, the podcast from Radiant Life Church. I'm here once again with my friend, colleague, and boss, Pastor Ryan Bibb. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, it is freezing cold outside now. It is chilly, which is a bummer because yesterday was gorgeous. It was. In the last couple of days, uh, it got outside a lot. Now, all of a sudden, it's like now we're back inside because it's too cold. It's rainy. But uh, outside of the weather, I'm great. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday was a little bit of a, uh, a milestone in yeah. Christianity. What, what happened yesterday? What was, what was that all about? Yesterday, celebration of Easter, right? What we call Resurrection Sunday, the pinnacle of our faith. All right. It's because that tomb is empty. Not as one of our other colleagues says, the cross is empty, <laughs> which is very true, but the, the tomb is empty. Jesus has defeated death and sin, and it's the biggest moment of our faith was that event right there. That's right. That's right. So yeah, yesterday we celebrated Easter. It was awesome. Uh, you can go check out our services on Facebook, on YouTube. Um, you know, it was great. We just had an awesome time of celebration. Uh, and today we're going to unpack that a little bit, dig into the message that you brought yesterday. Because, I mean, for starters, you use, you, you had kind of an atypical Easter message, if I can, if I can use that term, right? So yesterday you, you didn't use the traditional Easter story per se. Unpack that. Why, why did you go the route that you did? Well, am I ever traditional? <laughs> this is true. Um, this is true. He, you, you might say that he's a little bit punk rock. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, atypical message. Yeah, so we looked at uh, the resurrection of Lazarus. And um, more, more or less, actually, it's a resuscitation, right? A resurrection happens because that person never dies again. Um, but it was more of a resuscitation because Lazarus will eventually die again. Um, so we looked at that. Yeah, it's a little bit atypical, but I really felt like that was a culmination of what Jesus was going to do with, with Easter, right? And here, um, you know, before Jesus does his thing uh, that he's going to resuscitate Lazarus, he says this in John eleven twenty five. Uh, Jesus is talking to Martha, Lazarus's sister, and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And I feel like this is the prelude to what is going to happen on the cross and in the tomb. And so I felt like that is, that is a message of hope. And so I wanted to bring like a culmination of the Easter message, um, what that really meant. And I felt like looking at the story of Lazarus, of bringing hope in a hopeless situation, it's like the culmination of the Easter story. And so we took, we took a little look at that this, this, this past year. Um, well, yesterday. 
That's so. right. Yeah, this past this past year's Easter. This there past year's Easter. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So now in that message, you talked a little bit about labeling. Real quick for the people that haven't heard that yet, like what was what were you kind of getting at with the whole idea of labels that we that we have? What's what's up with that? Well, it, when especially when we're facing COVID nineteen and all this isolation and stuff, I feel like our mental capacity is getting. I, we're being bombarded more mentally, I think, um, right now. And so I really felt like a message on labels that perhaps in your isolation, you could be thinking and putting labels on yourself. Um, the devil can be having mind games with you right now. And so I really felt like, man, there are people that are wearing labels, and we got to go after those labels and realize that moment, that, that Easter Resurrection Sunday uh, that happened 2,000 years ago, man, you can rip every label that you have ever put on yourself or someone has put on you, you can rip it off because that event, that empty tune changes everything. And so I really felt like in the midst of where Governor Whitmer just extended our stay home order uh, through the end of April, that, man, I just felt like mentally people are having mind games and labels and we needed to attack that. Hmm. Now, why do you think, and, and I think there are two aspects of this, right? On the one hand, people will will put these labels on themselves, but on the other hand, I think people will will also label others. Uh, why do you think uh, we do that? I, I mean, whether it's putting labels on ourselves, or or me putting a label on you, or on you know Charlie, or on Sarah, or you know or whoever, yeah. you know we we put these labels on people. Why do we do that? I think part in part of labeling is. Definitely when we label something, someone with something, I think it's a deflection sometimes of what's actually going on internally, right? If I know that you're a bad parent and I actually hate being a bad parent myself, as long as I label you like a worse parent, it's going to make me feel better, mm. even though I may be horrible inside. But if I can label you and make you feel worse than me in my own eyes, I, then I can manage my bad parenting. It won't look as bad when I label someone. So it's kind of like, like the, like the school bully, right? The, that idea that you, you're going to, you're going to elevate yourself by bringing everybody else yeah. down a couple of notches, the, the adult yeah. version of that. Absolutely. Kind of and we label ourselves because I, just be honest, I, I, I beat myself up. I'm, I'm my own worst critic. And so I can, I can come up and do a message on a Sunday morning here at Radiant Life, and I will walk off, and I will beat myself up, and literally I'll label. I'm like, Ryan, you, you're a screw-up. You just screwed that entire message up. And so I will play my own mind games and beat myself up to say, that didn't touch anyone. Ryan, you got off a tangent. You did this and that. You're the worst speaker. Like I, so it's easy to take something small. And I think sometimes just listening to the devil and just taking and be like, wow, devil, don't get in my head. And I've allowed you to get in my head in this moment. And then we begin to put labels on ourselves. Hmm. So obviously, I mean, you're, cause you're talking about this and, and uh, you're a pastor, right? You're a follower of Jesus. So, so Jesus followers aren't immune to this. Oh no. Really? I mean, so how oh, no. do we... Let's let's look at those two different aspects then. As for those of us that are Jesus followers, you know, the two of us here, you know, we're Jesus followers. JB, who's behind the cameras and the the sound, he's Jesus follower. Uh, for those that are listening or watching, uh, that are Jesus followers, how do we? First of all, how do we kind of grapple with these labels? 
that we either put on ourselves or that other people put on us. That's, so that's the, first, that's the first part. But then the second part would be, how do we combat kind of a natural tendency for us to put labels on other people? Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah. Don't you find it so easy sometimes just to label things? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, that person's a, you know, and it could be somebody that I've never, I don't even know them. Uh huh. You know, but, but I can, you can come up with all kinds of, you know, yeah. perceptions and assumptions about who that person is and, and what they need to do to fix their life. Right? And, yeah. and, and you don't even know them. Uh, it's, it's, it's scary sometimes, actually. It is. But, and, and so many times we, we fall into that trap. I, I, I'll get real personal here. Here's a story of, of my own life. I think not only as followers of Jesus, when people speak something onto on us or in us, we, we sometimes just believe that. And um, so here's a, here's a personal illustration of that or a story. Uh, growing up, I, I was just a sports fanatic. I, growing up in school, uh, in elementary school, all I wanted to do is get to recess and chase people and play sports. Like academics in elementary school wasn't the highest priority on my list. I remember I, I received an award as a fourth grader. I forgot what it was, but I remember going to the ceremony and the words being spoken is these awards are given to kids who probably won't make it. And I was like, that was me. And so I, I remembered that. And so I think part of like a label that I wore is always like, I want to achieve now to prove mm. that statement spoken over, um, whether it was spoken over to my parents and they relayed that or, or whatever it was, um, I wore that label. And so I turned, I still was a sports fanatic, but I became that school nerd also, so to speak. And, you know, I was the first male in my family to get on um, the honor society, uh, straight A student, go to college on academic scholarships, uh, get my bachelor's degree, get my master's degree. And now I'm sitting there going, well, there's one other achieve achievement. There's my doctorate to get. And so I listened to that label and wore it, but I put it on myself too, to be like, I'm an achiever now because of some, a label that I bought into even as a little fourth grader. Which, for those of you that are out there listening or watching, and you're and you're fascinated with the Enneagram, that's that's one of yours, right? You're you're an achiever. I am. It's a it's a number three, <laughs> and so th there's danger in it. There's beauty in a number three, but there's a lot of danger uh, because I'm always go go. There's always I've I've told you there's always another mountain to climb. I want to go climb it. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's not always good <laughs> to go climb that mountain right now. Okay, so so unpack that a little bit. So how do you how do you live in this tension between you know based on a childhood experience as a fourth grade student? Yeah. Right. So this isn't just you know for those of us that are adults, right? This isn't just a oh hey like last week at work Lenny said blah blah blah. I mean these are things that can stem all the way back to our childhood, right? We're talking an experience you had as a fourth grade kid yep. still informs the way that you live your life. Yep. How do you live in the tension between uh, that experience and, and kind of this, this drive to achieve yeah. and, and following Jesus? And where, how, do you, how do you mash these two things together? Uh, what, what does that look like? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. It's a hot mess. Sometimes, because I, what I realized is that label put on me as a fourth grader was two things. I, I desire um, achievement and affirmation now. Those are my two big A's that I, I know my flesh is after, achievement and affirmation. 
Um, and so when I first jumped into ministry and just in life, that's what I realized I was going after is um, the compliments that were given. It fills my tank. It's awesome. And I know that. And I feel like I'm achieving and I'm getting that affirmation. But what I ultimately realized is, um, man, God kind of sat me down and, and realized, hey, no matter what, Ryan, I will build my church. And it was a realization. I was in Wisconsin, Madison, Wisconsin, on a lake two years ago when I weeped in just realizing that God just wanted me and I was working so hard that I just needed to be with him and I needed to hear the words that Jesus heard at his baptism, that this is my son, my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. And a, and a picture was painted for me uh, in Madison, Wisconsin, on that lake of just hanging out with Jesus on a boat and just spending time with him. And that's what, and no matter what I do, no matter what, if you, w- if you will say worldly achievement, whatever success looks like, like nothing matters unless I'm in the presence of God. And just, I, I just weeped. And what I realize now is that, hey, I love, I still love compliments. I, I love that. But guess what? Nothing, nothing will satisfy me more knowing that I walk away being like, that was the Holy Spirit in me. It wasn't, it wasn't my own strength in this moment. It was God. And that is what I'm after more than anything now is that. But it's a tension. There's a tension between the flesh and the spirit of a label that was put on you as a fourth grader to what you want from people, but ultimately hitting that roadblock and sitting there going, nope, it's God above everything else. And I'm just there now. It didn't happen overnight. It was a progression where more than anything, I was going after man's favor and not God's favor. And I just had it in reverse order. I needed God's favor first, then favor with man. Very cool. I don't even know if that answers your question. No, but. that's good. And actually, and that, that reminds me too of something that you've said to the team, because maybe you're watching or you're listening and and you can relate to, to what Ryan's talking about. You have this desire to achieve. And now pair that with uh, your position. You're the lead pastor of a church. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah. as an achiever and a leader, uh, you know, maybe there can be this extra danger of, you know, you're going to try to accomplish all of these things. You're going to lead the church, and it's all going to be, in a sense, out of this desire to achieve. However, yeah, over the last, and maybe it maybe it lines up with you know that that time on the lake in Madison, Wisconsin. But I mean, you've said to to myself, to the to the team at other times, you've said, "Hey, like God builds His church." Yeah, right. Like like it, this isn't like it's not an achievement. To, to lead a growing church, it's, hey, God is going to do what he does. God is going to grow the church. We show up and we be faithful. You know, I don't know if that... No, yeah. I that, send that same idea. It's just like, you know, when Jesus told Peter, hey, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And Jesus in that moment did not say, hey, Peter, you're going to build my church. He didn't say, hey, the, to the other 11 disciples there, you guys will build. No, he said, I will build my church. And in the, most, in the midst of it, it's like, as you learn and grow, I want to give, I think the more we give and the more we learn and the more tools like the whole, that we have and we acquire, the Holy Spirit's going to use all that to build his church. 
And so that's a part of my own personal growth in that is just, I wanna give the Holy Spirit more tools, uh, more learning. I never wanna stop learning. So I wanna be a better communicator two years from now than I was yesterday. Mm. And so if I'm continuing to perfect on a skill set, I believe I'm giving the Holy Spirit more to use. And then God will build his church in greater ways. The more, the more things I just surrender over, like, this is yours, God, this is yours now. Like, God, I'm, I'm learning communication even greater. This is yours. And God's like, yes, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use what you're doing even greater now. No, that's good. It's good. Was it? Maybe it was at a conference we were at, but uh, I know Nicole, my wife, she's said a couple of times now over the last couple of months, like if you stop learning, you stop leading. Absolutely. I think, a, was, that at a, was that at 41 Hours or something? Yeah, it was, we a, yeah. yeah, once you stop learning, you stop leading. I think it was this last conference we all went to, but it's, it's so true. You cannot stop learning. Yeah, you are a constant life learner. So it's a, it's a process. Absolutely. But what's interesting is all that stemmed from a label that was put on me as a fourth grader. Hmm. That's crazy. So yesterday in the service, you mentioned, what is it, 1 Corinthians 5, 17? Yep. Where if, if anyone's in Christ, your new creation, right? the old is, is gone, the new has come. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about, you know, because you talked about that in the context of labels, right? Like, hey, yeah. if I'm, if I'm uh, an addict, right, I've put that, that label on myself, but in Christ, through the power of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, like I, I don't have to be that. Like I, I can, I can wear the label of, of freedom. Um, yeah. you know, so you talked about that that passage. This whole transformation process of becoming a new creation is that something that is instantaneous? Is that a progressive thing? Mm-hmm. Is it? Both? How does how does that work? I mean, because because you might have people out there, uh, and 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 I know people on both sides of these. You've got people that say, "Hey, uh, I, I was addicted to whatever, man, and I met Jesus, and boom." And yeah. then there are people that you know I've had relatives, you know, hey, like it's a process, like you know, lifelong alcoholic, who like it just it didn't just shut off and go away, but it was a process uh, over time of of kind of coming more in line with what God has called them to. But so but unpack that. Like when when we read that verse, is that a instantaneous thing or is that uh more of a progressive journey? Yeah, I don't know if it's um one or the other. I it's definitely both. Cuz you you you've said it even in your own personal life. I I've, I've known people that literally give their life to Christ and chains are broken in that moment. It's an it, boom like They've never gone back to that drug, anything. But I've known people also to make a decision to follow Christ, become a follower of Jesus, and God will work things out through time in their life, being made new. So again, personal uh, story, I had anger issues. Like, man, I, even though I was a follower of Jesus, I struggled with anger. And um, it's, been a, it's been a journey for me to get, for the Holy Spirit just to work to remove that anger out of my life. And I am way better, you know, uh, 20 years removed now than I was 20 years ago, still following Christ, but man, I was a hothead. Uh, and so for me, it's been a journey of the Holy Spirit just chiseling things out that doesn't look like Jesus in my life, where for other people, they're made new. Man, in the moment, 
The Holy Spirit's like, I'm grabbing that big old chunk of whatever it is, that addiction or that bitterness, and it's just completely gone out of your life. So I think it, the Holy Spirit can do awesome things. He can do it in the moment. He can do it right there, uh, something that's instant, instantaneous, and it, it can be a lot of progression. Here is my fear as followers of Jesus is when we know someone begins to take their first step in the journey of faith following Jesus, for those of us that have been in the faith for a while, we see those, maybe those hangups, those things that don't look like Jesus, and we're sitting there going, uh, get that out. Like, you should have worked on that already. We put labels on them. We say, we no, label them. you're supposed to be a, a Christian. And then you're we question their be, faith. Yeah. Did they really make that decision? Yeah, I was there. I prayed the prayer with them. They did. I truly felt it. Um, but God's just now working on them. You got to get, he's chiseling stuff out. And just because it happened to you sooner, you know, doesn't mean that this person is not going to take them seven years to get there. Right. And, and the order might look different. Yeah. You know, just because, hey, when, when, when Joey got, you know, he came to Christ, you know, the first thing that happened was he, he was freed of alcoholism. You know, but maybe, you know, maybe Tom, you know, that takes a little bit longer because Holy Spirit was working on something different first. He was right. beating his wife. And hey, if your name is Joe or Tom, like this is not, these are <laughs> fictitious names. I'm not picking on you. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. You know, so that progression could look different then from one person to the other. Absolutely. And, yeah. Yeah. And again, what, what I think for us too, as followers of Jesus is maybe the hang up or the label that we don't like on us and we see on others, uh, we want the Holy Spirit to work on that label. Work yeah. on that label on them right now because I don't like it on me. And it's like, whoa, like you said, order. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working on something else deeper. And when the Holy Spirit works on that deeper thing in this person's life, you watch. Maybe that other label that we don't like will come off too because the Holy Spirit's doing some deeper working that we don't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I just, man, it's a great passage. The old is gone, the new is here. And we as followers of Jesus, man, we got to live into that. We got to realize that the past is the past. That old life, it's gone with Jesus. So bottom line though, right? This, this new creation, this transformation, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. How do we, as people who have put our faith in Jesus, how do we get out of the way, in a sense, to let the Holy Spirit do that work within us? Ah, uh, one word. And it's not as simple as one word, but it's <laughs> one word. It's surrender. You have to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have to let go of the chains of control and literally say, take it over. I surrender my desires. I surrender my will. It's yours. It's surrender. And, not, and that's something that could be, that's like a day to day to day to day yeah. process, right? I mean, and you might feel like you're fighting, right? I mean, th this is something where like you've got to wake up on Monday and you've got to say, hey, okay, Lord, your will, not mine. Absolutely. You've got to wake up on Tuesday, you know, so it, right. I mean, it's, well, go back to the, the Apostle Paul, right? The Paul who says, hey, 
there's a battle between flesh and spirit, right? It's a, and I, for whatever reason, sometimes I'm, I'm always doing what I don't want to do. It's an act of that surrender, knowing that our, there is a fleshly desire within us to take control sometimes, but the spirit says, no, no, I got to give over to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants to do. It's just surrender. Every single day, it's an act of surrender to say, God, it's your will, not mine. Yeah. So maybe that's a good way for us to start our days, right? With with that taking that posture of, uh, I don't get to call the shots, right? You know yeah. <laughs> Which would be very hard for control freaks out there, because you do want to take the shots. But I'm going to tell you, when you surrender control, will, desire over, man, the ride with Jesus and the journey is incredible. It is so much better than you trying to control your own life in your own way. Now, what, why do you think, you know, you say it, it's so much better when we surrender. Why do you think we can be so resistant to that though? You know, like when, when, even that word surrender, right? Maybe in your mind, you're thinking, I'll never surrender. You know, we, we kind of have this mentality that, that surrender is like a, it's a four letter word. Yeah. Like why, why do you think we're so resistant to that? Scary. It's an unknown when I surrender, fully surrender and give to the Holy Spirit, um, uh-oh, that means you're in charge now. At least when I'm in charge, I know how to maneuver. I know where I'm going to go. I know where to play it safe and take a risk. But when I surrender it all to Holy Spirit, I don't know where Holy Spirit's going to take me. I don't know it, where the risk is, where, where I, he's asking me to take a huge leap of faith. I don't know those things now. And so it's scary. So do you think on some level, whether, I mean, there are people that we could look at probably in our lives and be like, oh, that person is definitely a control freak. Right? But do you think on some level, every single human being on the planet is, is a control freak? Like, I mean, to, to maybe to varying degrees, is that? I think varying think? degrees we are. We all like to control a little bit, some greater than others. <laughs> but I think to a varying degree, everyone likes a little control because there's safety and comfort in control. I hear that. Yeah. I hear that. Cool, cool. Well, hey, our encouragement this week. Again, take that time. Maybe it's daily. Maybe it's hourly to just start to take that posture of, of humility, of surrender, and say, Holy Spirit, man, what do you got to work on in me today and this week, this month, this year? So, hey, glad you guys could join us for this episode. Ryan, thanks again. Like, this, was a, this was a great message yesterday, and it's, it's uh, cool to be able to sit down and, and unpack this yeah. a little bit more. Uh, for those of you that are, are listening to this, if your podcast platform allows, I want to encourage you, go ahead and review this, rate it, subscribe. If you subscribe, you're going to be able to uh, get notifications when we, we create new content. Uh, and just give us some feedback. Let us know. Man, if we, again, we want this to be a blessing to you. We want this to be helpful. Uh, so go ahead and, and write a review, give us some comments, whatever your platform will allow. Uh, we also have video of this on YouTube. So you can follow this on the Radiant Life Church YouTube channel. Uh, and you can actually watch the video of uh, Ryan and I sitting here in our chairs chit-chatting. So yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us for episode two. Looking forward to seeing you guys again next week for Radiant Reflections. Take it easy, guys. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love. 
with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.